And well, good morning, everyone. We are going to be in Matthew 28 tonight, if you have your Bibles. Uh, if you don't, the verses are also going to be on the screen, but Matthew 28, 1 through 10. And uh, I like two titles, so I just kept both of them. There's a title and a subtitle. Um, it's Awaken, Awaken, Resurrection Joy. Awaken, Resurrection Joy. And today we celebrate the fact that Jesus wasn't present in the tomb. Now, in life sometimes we'll celebrate when someone is not there, but this is different. This is a lot different. The tomb was empty because death was conquered, right? Jesus was absent to prove uh, God's promises. The grave was empty so hearts could be full. And when I think about the resurrection of Jesus, it makes me want to celebrate because today is a celebration, nothing less. As we looked at what Jesus went through up to the point of crucifixion, it would have been depressing, but we know that the crucifixion wasn't the end of the story, right? The crucifixion was a somber time, but the resurrection is a celebratory time. And do you guys remember Y2K? Does anyone remember Y2K? There's a, yeah, everyone does, right? Everyone was freaked out, right? The people were thinking the world may end. We don't know. Let's stock up. People were preparing food and all. And there was also this negative expectancy. And people had like reckless abandon, they charge all their credit cards, and all, as they thought the world was going to be over. Because it was about to be the year 2000. And I remember I was unsaved at the time, living the party, and I was living with my friend Andy, and we had this huge New Year's Eve gathering, you know, last one of our lives, we thought. You know, who knows? We're all going to die. I don't know. But I was not living right at the time, and I didn't care. Then the year 2000 hit, and everyone was like expecting something big and life changing. Remember in movies or cartoons, it's kind of like you kind of like go like that and wink, and like, isn't it what happened, you know? And it's like we did all the countdown, we waited to see what life changing event would occur. And do you remember what happened? Nothing. <laughs> nothing, nothing happened. Pretty anticlimactic, right? Nothing changed except the year. No intense world event occurred, life continued as usual. Well, the resurrection of Jesus is anything but anticlimactic. One commentator said this about the resurrection of Jesus. He said, let the resurrection joy lift us from loneliness, weakness, and despair to strength and beauty and happiness. And we can say hallelujah to that. I, I love the phrase resurrection joy. He is risen. Andrew Murray said this. He said, a dead Christ I must do everything for. A living Christ does everything for me. So Jesus rose from the dead. He awoke, if you will, from death to life. And that's exactly what Jesus' resurrection does for us, right? He's been, we've been awakened because Jesus has risen. And so let me give you some synonyms for awaken. Awaken also means to revive, to activate, to rise and shine, to roll out, believe it or not, to roll out, to excite. To awaken means to arouse from sleep. How many here like sleeping? How many people like just like sleeping? Okay, half of you. Okay, half of you like sleeping. My brother-in-law hates me. He hates me because he's always struggled with a good night's sleep. And he would just get mad because I could sleep. I could lay down right now on the carpet right here, and literally in two minutes, I'll be asleep. I'll be snoring. I'm, I'm not joking. I can, I can drink a Red Bull. I have before, drink a Red Bull, and next 10 minutes, I'm out. I think there's nothing like a good night's sleep. And on those mornings, it's difficult to get out of bed. You're comfortable. We're in our beds. We're warm. But many of us will have to get up and get ready. Wake up physically and then wake up mentally. The other week, my wife and I were babysitting, and we put on a show for the kids, and, uh, and I dozed off on the couch peacefully, you know, I was tired, and, and one of the kids we were babysitting 
just like hit me in the stomach. I just like, hit me. I was just like, oh, I, I jumped up and I was like, oh my gosh, that was dying. Uh, I jumped. It was so peaceful before that punch. So peaceful. I was awakened. Another action that will wake a person up is being startled. You know, some people easily startled. You probably know someone, you're like, they're easily startled. I'm going to try to scare them every chance I get. But it wakes them up. They go, ah. Like you have one of those, or you have one of those dreams where you're falling and you're about to hit the ground. What happens? Bam. Like you, you wake up frantically, right? You may have hit. Usually you don't hit. You're about to. You saved yourself by waking up. To awaken means to come alive. And this is what we're going to look at in regards to Jesus. He was dead. He wasn't sleeping, he wasn't in a coma, he was lifeless. And you know, one of, the mo- one of the worst moments in my life was watching my mom slowly deteriorate and die from cancer. Um, one day, as a 20-year-old, I was by her bedside in the hospital, holding her hand, her warm hand, comforted by my mom, you know. Then the next day, I tried to hold her hand again, but it was cold. There was no life left in her. You know, she passed on, and it was devastating. And they had to carry, they had to, like, rip me out of the hospital room, because I was looking at her face, and I was like, wake up. And I started yelling and screaming. I'm like, wake up. I wanted her to wake up so badly, but she never did. Of course, the Lord comforted me as months went on, but Jesus, his death was not final. Death did not have the final word on Saturday, which was a day of sorrow for the disciples, since they thought their leader was in the grave for good. You know, Jesus was not in the grave for good. No 4,000-pound rock was going to keep Jesus confined. Death would die on Sunday. Some believers act like and live like Jesus is still in the grave. Some believers are living as if they're spiritually dead, and it seems like everything is a funeral. Like, is that, is that the way we're supposed to live? Like, nothing good ever happens, you know, so we might as well just be down and defeated the rest of our days. David Gerald, an American novelist and a science fiction writer, he said, Life is hard. Then you die. Then they throw dirt on your face. Then the worms eat you. <laughs> he said, be grateful it happens in that order. But, <laughs> but it's like, well, David, we will be grateful that to be absent from the earth is to be present with the Lord, as the Apostle Paul says. Like, are, are we called to live as victims defeated and downcast? Absolutely not. Please don't live like that. Jesus' tomb, it didn't stay occupied. It was, in fact, vacated because God wasn't going to let death have the last word. On Sunday, death died, for Jesus was awakened, revived, brought back to life, just like he said he would be. So today, we celebrate as we look at the empty tomb and the risen Lord. And there's nothing depressing at all for those who've been delivered, right? So let's pray, and then we'll get into these 10 verses this morning. Well, Heavenly Father, again, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we're not victims, Lord, but we're victorious because you said it, it was finished from the cross and your tomb was empty, validating everything we believe in. And so we thank you for that truth and that reality. Speak to us as a church and individually this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So Matthew 28, verse 1 says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. So Mary Magdalene and Mary uh, of Bethany experienced an earthquake and find an angel at the tomb. These ladies came to finish preparing Jesus' body, which was cut short by the Sabbath. 
So after the Sabbath on Sunday, they came to the tomb fully expecting and anticipating finding the dead body of Jesus. I mean, think about this in our lives. When we seek Jesus, oftentimes things look a lot different than we expect. Think about 10 years ago. that You had a 10-year plan, and, and now it looks a little different than you thought. Maybe it's better, maybe it's, maybe it's just different. It's like, I didn't expect to be here. I didn't expect this to happen. But you ever notice that our human understanding is so feeble, it's limited. But God's understanding is perfect. And his ways and thoughts are much higher than our ways and our thoughts, Isaiah tells us. So when it comes to following the Lord, prepare to be pleasantly surprised and expect the unexpected. God does things differently than we do, and yet we try to put God in a box, in a mold, and have these plans that work for us. This is what I'm doing, you know, and don't consult the Lord who's leading us. But it's not about our plans. It's about God's plans. It's about God's calling and will for our lives. So God saw fit to reveal this event through an angel, and he chose to reveal this to two Marys, right? says, so there was a great earthquake. The angel descended from heaven. Totally normal, right? No, that wasn't normal. It's like, whoa, God's truth doesn't change, but the way he speaks to us and meets us and reveals things to us is not always the same. It's not a cookie-cutter methodology. God speaks to us differently through life events, through situations, through our, our, you know, different world events, through prayer, through the word, through different avenues. Matthew, he's the only one who notes the earthquake. But the fact is that the earth shook for both the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. These two events, the crucifixion and resurrection, were earth-shaking occurrences and were prophecies fulfilled and life-changing moments. One pastor said the great gift of Easter is hope. Christian hope which makes us have the confidence in God in his ultimate triumph and his goodness and love which nothing can shake. So this world around us will shake, it will crumble, it will grow darker, but nothing can shake or rattle our faith when we rest upon God's fulfilled promises. One one person said this, he said, see, we live and then we die, but Jesus died and then lived. So an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. So the women came to Jesus' tomb and the stone was wide open, the stone was rolled away from the entrance, an angel was sitting on the stone And we know, right, angels are messengers, and God sends angels to bring clarity to an otherwise unclear world. God gives words of assurance in the midst of the earth shaking beneath that, beneath us. And I know a lot of you have experienced this. Things seem to be shaking and rattling and crumbling around you, but even so, your your feet are planted on on the rock, and you're like, I I know it's all going to be good. God's got this. He keeps us stable when our hearts feel unsettled. God gives us eyes to see and a mind to understand these things. So an angel was hanging out on the stone that had been rolled away from the face of the tomb. A two-ton stone could not keep Jesus from opening his eyes and proving God's promises to be true. Nothing can stop the will of God. If God wants it to happen, guess what? It is going to happen. The stone was like a prison cell gate trapping Jesus in the tomb. And the Romans had this silly, foolish idea that a stone would actually hold back Jesus and that guards would prevent the miraculous from happening. They were totally wrong. Never underestimate the power of God. Now this stone was a resting place for an angel to sit down. From trap to free, from close to open, from death to life. And so guys, we can rest because of our risen Lord. We can rest. This is the validity that makes our faith more than conjecture. 
Our faith is on the solid fact that what? That he rose from the dead. Jesus is alive. And it goes on in verse 4. He says, and the guard shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. So here we have the angel's message that would, in a real sense, wake believers up from their spiritual sleep. See, Jesus had predicted his death and resurrection on multiple occasions to the disciples, but it did not register or ring true for them. They just didn't believe it. They didn't hear it. They were preoccupied. They were arguing over who was the greatest, being all prideful or whatever, but they just didn't get it, right? Have you ever been speaking to someone and they have that glazed over look in their eyes? If you have kids, I mean, you, you know they're not listening. You know, right? You know they have no clue what in the world you're saying, so you kind of just, you can say anything and they wouldn't even know. Then you test them. And here's husbands where we get in trouble. What I just say, right? What I just say. And you even try to make it up. You know, and just like you are way wrong. You're like, I'm busted. Okay, sorry. You're grounded. Um, <laughs> but, but the disciples didn't understand or they, did, they disregarded his words that he'd rise again. And the thing is, there is no evidence of the disciples having hope, being joyful between Jesus's crucifixion and his resurrection that time in between when Jesus was killed it was a dark time for them and often that time in between where we're not sure what's going on where we doubt God's promises okay this is supposed to happen but it hasn't happened yet and here I am in the middle that's a tough time but that is a time where we have to trust the Lord right that time in between the disciples were not happy on Saturday. They weren't rejoicing. They were together praying because they were like, our leader is dead now. And they were in a slumber because they didn't believe their Savior's words. That's what happens when we doubt God's promises. We're going to feel defeated. When we believe God's promises, we're going to be ready to go, confident in the Lord. Let's go. Let's go in our calling. Let's go in our life. Let's follow him. Let's see what he has for us. The resurrection would awaken their hearts and their minds to the truth. The resurrection would validate the faith of Jesus' followers. And guys, many of you, many of us, have been through some seriously difficult and dark times. You've gone through the fire and intense storms, and it was not fun. You didn't ask for it, but there it was. Well, the Word of God is here to tell you, you don't have to stay in the dark. You don't have to stay in that place in between of being unsure and unsettled. God's promises are true. You might be in a holding pattern, but he's going to get you home. There is, there is light because of the empty tomb. There is hope because of his heavenly plan. So it says, and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. These guys were like, we're the men. And then they were, fear, they were fearful and shaking. So the Roman soldiers, they were in charge of guarding the tomb, right? And this epic event rattled them like crazy. The earth was shaken, the guards were rattled, and the women were afraid. So the guards, they were terrified. The Roman soldiers, these tough guys, the angel being present caused the professional soldiers to shake and to faint. Again, the power of God is amazing. One commentator rightly said, he said, The resurrection of Christ is a subject of terror to the servant of sin and a subject of comfort to the chi uh, child of God because it is proof of the resurrection for both. The one to shame and everlasting contempt, the other eternal glory and joy. So he is not here he is risen. This one, one of the most powerful sentences in existence. N.T. Wright, a theologian, he said, 
The resurrection completes the inauguration of God's kingdom, like the message of Easter is that God's new world has been unveiled in Jesus Christ and that you're now invited to belong to it. So the phrase, he is risen, isn't just a nice little tidy saying that we put on banners for Easter, right? This phrase means that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Their old lives are gone. They have new lives in Christ. They're awakened. So it's nice, it's nice to be invited to things, right? Do you guys like to be invited to things? It's nice. You feel thought of. You feel welcomed in. You know, that's something Southerners are extremely good at. You all are very inviting, you know, and welcoming. It's like almost every day of the week I go somewhere because people invite me. You're very inviting. It's like, I feel, I feel invited. I feel part of it, you know. But the, phrase, but the phrase, he is risen, is an invitation to those who are spiritually asleep, to wake up, an invitation. Jesus didn't rise from the dead for nothing. He rose from the dead to validate our faith and to make intercession for us. He rose from the dead so that we can place our trust in the Lord with full assurance that what we are following is, in fact, 100% true. We don't base our belief on assumption. He is risen means that God can make the dead alive and the blind see. He can change lives. We don't serve a dead God. We serve a risen Savior. In Israel, you know, you can see many graves and tombs. Um, There's like an ocean of tombs on the Mount of Olives, a vast array of graves outside the eastern wall of the temple mount. You can see the tomb of Rebekah, the tomb of David, the tomb of Absalom. But you won't find Jesus in the tomb there. He's not there. He's risen, right? And notice these words, as he said. I love that, as he said. These women and the disciples are being reminded that they should have expected this. It was just what God had promised. You ever pray for something? Lord, please make this happen. But you kind of doubt it's going to happen. And like the next week it happens. Praise the Lord. You kind of get shocked at your own, you know, your own answer to prayer. Well, these women and disciples, they're being reminded, you should have expected this. You pray, you you seek God, you follow God. You should have expected this. I told you these. I gave you these promises. You should have expected them to come to pass. It says, see the place where the Lord lay. The stone was not rolled away to let Jesus out. Matthew 20, 19 tells us that Jesus can actually walk through walls in his resurrected body, right? So the stone was rolled away so that others could see it and be persuaded that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. The empty tomb verifies the victory that Jesus had over death. And all who call upon him have victory over death as well. We don't have to fear death. It's just graduation from this temporary camping life to our real home in heaven. One pastor noted, you know, the invitation to see the place where he lay is appropriately addressed to the same people who had watched the body being put in the tomb. So there's no possibility of a mistake. So the fact of the resurrection is clear enough. We must also grapple with the meaning of the resurrection. Simply, Jesus' resurrection proved that his death was an actual propitiation for sin and that the Father had accepted it as such. The cross was payment, the resurrection was a receipt, and proving that the payment was fully accepted. These women, you know, those women were later grateful that the angel told them to see the place where they laid him. Like it should have been enough to merely hear the testimony of the angel. Yet when the women saw it, it gave them solid ground to stand on. You can say, you know what, someone can promise you something, but it's just their words until you actually see it. You're probably not going to believe it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're you're going to come through, sure. But until you see it, you might not believe it. A famous 19th century preacher named Charles Spurgeon, he said, One eyewitness 
is better than 20 ear witnesses. When we see the place where they laid him, we see that the father did not forsake Jesus. When we see the place where they laid him, we see that death was conquered. When we see the place where they laid him, we see that we have a living hope in Jesus. These are reasons why we celebrate today. Usually we celebrate when things are full, right? But today we celebrate because 2,000 years ago, the grave was empty. Therefore, death was defeated. Verse 7 and 8 goes on and it says, And go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. So we see the angel's instructions to the Marys. Right? Go quickly, tell the disciples he is risen from the dead. These women were brave in publicly identifying themselves as followers of Jesus. Unlike Peter, we know his failure, right? But he was restored and preached and it was all good. But, so what an honor that they were the first ones to be notified by the angel of Jesus' resurrection. And they'd be the first to see Jesus. It says in Matthew 10, 32 and 33, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. So these women had the honor of first seeing the resurrection, resurrected Lord. It's amazing. It says, he's going before you into Galilee. There you're going to see him. See, Jesus wasn't just randomly raised from the dead. He was raised from the dead to continue his relationship with you, with his children. So when the angel told the two Marys to tell the disciples of Jesus' resurrection, the women said, maybe later, buddy. No, of, of course not, right? Man, they were filled with fear and great joy, and they did exactly what the angel told them to do. Emotions ran high. It has been said, Christians running the way of obedience are likely to be met by Jesus. Verse 9, and as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, be sad and depressed. No, what? Rejoice, Right? So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Mary Magdalene and Mary of Bethany, they met the risen Jesus. So here is the epic moment when the women met Jesus as they obeyed the command to tell the news of the resurrection. Now see, this is another reason why today is a celebration. We remember his resurrection. Jesus says to the women, Rejoice. God never says, be depressed this week, be sad, let everything get to you, be defeated. Be, you know, he says, rejoice, the risen Lord wants us to rejoice. So they came and they held him by the feet and they worshipped him. So back up an hour from this moment, remember, the women are mourning. An hour before, they were mourning. An hour later, they were worshipping. God can turn things around in your life that quick. So don't lose hope. Hold on to hope by holding on to the Lord. And I love what he says, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren, go to Galilee. There they're going to see me. Jesus told these women the same thing that the angel told them to do. Go tell what you have seen today. And isn't that our privilege? To tell others what we've seen God do in our hearts and our lives, how he's come through, even when we had no hope, even when we were struggling, he came through. He met me in my storm, in my circumstances, and we got through it because of him to validate our faith by the facts of the work that the Lord has done. I want to end with these words, my brethren. My brethren, in the last part. 
He says, my brethren. See, the disciples were failures. They, were, they failed. I mean, they failed in the fact that they did not believe that Jesus would rise from the dead. They were failures. They were down. They were depressed. They were doubtful. They were defeated. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there right now. You're down, you're depressed, and doubtful. Well, as we're looking at Scripture, the Lord wants you to know today that you have no reason to doubt or be down. You have every reason to believe and be free. This is the gospel, and it's the gospel that changes lives. Gospel means horrible news. No, it means good news, right? Good news. 